Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com. And today we're answering questions from May and June of this year combined, so it's going to be a bit of a longer one. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about a couple of things going on around here. The first is that we're getting closer to Christmas and it's about the time people start getting interested in our intimacy advent calendar. For those who don't know what that is, basically it's like the advent calendars you got when you were kids or maybe you wish you had gotten but instead of chocolates and toys they have fun things to do as a couple we have three versions to choose from uh romantic for those who just want to connect emotionally sexy for those who want to connect physically as well and the black label one for those who want to spice things up over the holidays if you're interested in giving your spouse an exciting unique gift this year go check it out for those who have purchased in the past this is your reminder to start prepping if you're planning to do it again i know many have had so much fun giving it previous years that they started a tradition of switching which spouse is the recipient each subsequent year. So now is the time to start picking and printing your activities. As well, I want to tell you about an event coming up. The Lion Within Us podcast had me on a few weeks ago as a guest, and we had so much fun, and their community enjoyed it so much that we decided to do an Ask Me Anything live event. It's going to be on November 22nd, which is a Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. If you aren't sure of the time where you are, click on the registration link, and it will convert it for you. So come out, bring your questions, and be prepared to have a fun night. With that out of the way... Let's get on to the questions. Question one is, am I committing a sin by wearing women's pantyhose and heels? I've been wearing pantyhose since before I turned 10 years old, and I do get sexually aroused, especially when I masturbate with a pair of pantyhose on. You can check out my posts on cross-dressing and masturbation. I'll link to them in the show notes. Uh, This comes up over and over again, so I'm not going to go and rehash the whole topic again. You can go check out the pre-existing posts about them. Question two is, Jay, I've been listening to your blog for close to a year now. My wife of 30 plus years and I have been in counseling with a Christian therapy for over two years now, and sex is still an issue. The issue is she has no desire, period. There have been several times in recent months that she has said, just do it but I will not because she has no interest. On the rare occasion that we are sexually intimate, I always give her an orgasm first. She has never had a problem achieving orgasm. With both of us working weekdays are out, and now Saturday and Sunday are not good either. I'm at my limit of frustration, and it seems like we could counsel for the rest of our lives and not get anywhere. What is a Christian man to do? All right, so if after two years you're not seeing any improvements, I think maybe you need to explore other options. Maybe a different therapist or maybe another tactic, but this one clearly isn't working for you. What you haven't mentioned is whether or not she enjoys sex, other than having an orgasm, but that doesn't necessarily mean she enjoys sex. Not having any spontaneous desire is quite common and not necessarily a problem. I'd argue that willingness is more important than desire in marriage, and she clearly is willing. So we talked about this a bit on my last guest podcast over at The Line With This that I mentioned earlier. So I'd go check out that podcast episode and uh, the free ebook on my site called What Happened to My Sex Drive and discuss it together with your wife. Then send me an email and we can talk about next steps. Question three is, so love when my wife pegs me, but I have no sexual desire for a male. I like it for the feeling, but mostly because I don't have to be in control and make decisions. She is marginally into it because it makes me happy, but I love it. I'm really into the idea of her bringing control and making me suck on her strap-on, but I'm worried that she will think this is tendencies of my being gay, and I 
just really want her to be her to own the domineering side of the idea of making me do it before pegging me. Are there other men who think like this or should I just keep this fantasy to myself? All right. So I think whether fantasies are moral or immoral, they should probably be shared with your spouse for several reasons. If it's immoral, then your spouse can hopefully help you see that. Of course, there's a risk that they'll also be led astray, but I think you have a better chance with two than with one. As well, I think they can help you in your struggles. The alternative is that you don't tell them, you build up this fantasy more and more in your mind, and then one day you do something stupid about it. And now they're blindsided both by the fantasy and whatever it is you did to try and fill this fantasy because you've kept it bottled up inside. Now, if the fantasy is moral, then your spouse can decide if they're willing to participate in making it a reality or not. And if not, to let it go. If they're willing, then have fun. As for whether or not this is morally right, I'll be honest, I don't know where I stand on this. Uh, Something about it doesn't sit right with me, I think for the reason I'll bring up in a question later on in this episode, so I'm going to leave that alone for the moment. Question four is, I have found my husband watching porn and masturbating on numerous occasions. I also found him using dildos on himself, even to the point where he was hospitalized once. I thought we had a great sex life. He says we do, but I feel so not needed. I had cancer a few years ago, but I still tried everything to not let our sex life go, even when I was exhausted. Now he looks at other women on top of this. He says it's because I seem turned off by his behaviors. I'm seeking counseling, but honestly, I want to get divorced. I don't feel needed anymore, and he says he is going to get counseling, but never does. What should I do? We have an 11-year-old son, and I don't want him hurt by a divorce. Now, I could write a whole post on how you promised to love him for better or worse, and this is the worst, and that he's likely struggling as much as you are, but I think you already know that. And frankly, I think I already have a post on that. I'll link to it in the show notes. If you're at the point that you can't take it anymore, then I think there's only one thing left to do force the issue. I would flat out tell him that you're thinking about leaving unless he gets canceling. What do you have to lose at this point? If you've already got one foot out the door, you might as well give a last ditch effort to try and make the marriage good again. The worst case scenario is that you can still choose divorce. The best case scenario, he turns his life around and you have saved your marriage and your family. But what have you got to lose? All right, question five. My wife had a total thyroidectomy over a year ago and has been cancer-free since. Praise God. At the beginning of this year, I started my journey to freedom from sexual sin, pornography addiction, and I have been doing well. Over the last six months, my wife's sex drive has decreased substantially. We have sex maybe one or two times a month, and because I have given up masturbation because I believe it's sinful, the physical buildup becomes unbearable. I struggle not to fall back into sin, but at the same time, I can't go to my wife and say, you need to have more sex with me, because that's not how I feel. I desire to be close to her and be intimate with her. We talked about it and she apologized and told me something like, it's not like I don't want to have sex with you, I just don't have the drive. I assume this is because of her lack of a thyroid and physical hormones aren't there anymore or something. She says, I don't know what to do, but I want her to see a doctor and ask about how to improve her sex drive, but I don't want to be selfish or sinful. I also have to have a conversation with her about initiating. She doesn't want to initiate most of the time, and I don't want to initiate because I'm afraid she'll think I'm doing it just to have an orgasm or get released. Please help me navigate our intimacy issues. All right. As with the first question in this episode, uh, I wouldn't get too hung up on sex drive. 
I wouldn't phrase a conversation like, you need to have more sex with me, but I think saying, I'm really struggling, I need some help in this area, is entirely appropriate. If your wife asked you for help in anything she was struggling with, I'd imagine you'd jump to help her out. Why wouldn't that be true if the situations were reversed? I'd three, read through the Where Did My Sex Drive Go ebook that I mentioned earlier together and talk about it and see what you both think. Then come up with a solution. To but ultimately, if you have spontaneous desire and she has responsive desire, it's your job to lead in this. Figure out how to get her turned on rather than waiting for her to be turned on. Also, I would have her ask her doctor about bioidentical hormones. I'm not a doctor, so I can't tell you a whole lot about them other than I get messages all the time with people saying, this really helped out. If it works for her, she may find improvements beyond getting her sex drive back. Question number six is, I travel quite a bit for my job and I miss my wife terribly. We have a good relationship and an above average sex life when I'm in town. I would love to close the gap, so to speak, when I'm on the road. I've asked her for some intimate FaceTime interactions, but she is concerned someone else can see. I have researched FaceTime and it's end-to-end -end encrypted and considered secure. I've also asked for some revealing boudoir or art nude pictures. Again, she is hesitant. There are so many options for these types of pictures. Can you offer any help? Thanks. Sometimes frustrated on the road. Yeah, we live in an age where there's no guarantee that anything is private anymore. As much as I'd like to tell you that Facebook has perfect security, the truth is we regularly see governments getting data they shouldn't have and companies letting go of data that they should have kept safe. I think the question shouldn't be, could it happen, but rather, what is the risk? There are about 125 million people using FaceTime daily. I'm willing to bet a bunch of them are young, naive college kids having video sex. So what's the chance that someone's going to take the trouble to hack into your FaceTime feed and watch you having sex? I'd say slim to none. No offense intended, but a shy conservative wife who is concerned about her modesty, which is a valid concern, will likely be less interesting to watch than a drunk or high college girl who is out to prove something because she has no self-respect or sense. On top of that, it's a lot of effort with a high risk if you're caught hacking, especially when an estimated 37% of the internet's content is porn and a lot of it free. That's merely an acknowledgement of the facts, not a recommendation or condoning it. In short, I think it's an extremely low risk. It's not worth the effort it would take. Now, to add extra security, I would use Signal instead of FaceTime, don't use Wi-Fi you don't own, and install VPN software to add another layer of encryption if you have to. Let's say you get hacked and someone manages to get your videos uh, of you doing the thing that married couples do. So what? I mean, would it be embarrassing? Probably, but it's not like you were going doing anything wrong. Would it end your career? Probably not. End your relationships? Probably not. Change your life in any substantial way in the long term? Probably not. Now, on the other side, you have a relationship that you know is struggling at times with these separations. That's not a risk, that's real damage that's occurring. Is it going to destroy your marriage? Probably not. But you are missing out on opportunities to grow because doing something scary like this together requires vulnerability, which leads to intimacy of all kinds, not just sex. And you may be surprised how impactful this is to your relationship outside of what happens on FaceTime or Signal or whatever you're using. All that said, if you decide this isn't for you, then leave it for a bit and find other ways to stay intimate. Maybe write erotic stories together about yourselves. But if you continue to fight about this, I guarantee that will have a larger negative impact on your relationship than the lack of FaceTime fun. 
you'd be better off finding a different job than fighting about the situation. Anyways, those are some thoughts I have. At the end of the day, though, you have to make your own decisions. This is all fairly new stuff. We don't have a lot of experience as a society with it, and so it's natural to have some apprehension and to be more risk of We see reports of leaks all the time, but really, it's a relative handful of people compared to the 125 people a day using FaceTime, not to mention Snapchat and everything else. All right, question seven. We're halfway through. Hi, Jay. I'm a fan of your podcast and has been have been listening for a couple of years. My question relates to body hair and facial hair. Specifically, I'm frustrated because my husband has really started to let himself go. The beginning of the pandemic in 2020 was fun for a while because we seemed to have more time for fun and sex at home together. But after a few months, he stopped being good about grooming himself and he even grew a pandemic beard, which I don't particularly enjoy kissing. At first, I didn't mind what with everything else going on in the world, it didn't seem to be anything to complain about. But now it's almost two years later, and not only does he still have the beard, but he has also pretty much abandoned trimming his hair down there and everywhere else on his body. I generally keep myself well-groomed, but his negligence is starting to rub off on me. I've noticed where I used to shave every two to three days, now I'm going a week or two at a time between shaving, thinking to myself, why even bother when my husband isn't doing the same for me? I must admit that there have been a couple of times when I've shaved after not doing so for a while, and my husband has been noticeably excited by this. And both times I have noticed him trimming himself more conscientiously for a few weeks afterwards, one time even shaving his genitals completely, which I loved. But in general, he has not been doing it as much as I'd like, and he is aware of my preference. I do understand that it's his body, and to some de degree, I must allow that I ultimately don't have the right to make demands about his grooming himself to my taste. I do not nag about about this at all, and I guess I'm mostly been trying to do is lead by example, which has worked somewhat as I mentioned. I'm curious what your opinion of the situation is. I don't ever recall hearing you discuss grooming slash shaving preferences on the show or the blog before, but I may, may have missed it or forgotten if you did. Specifically, I'm wondering how much of a say a spouse should be allowed to have over the partner shaving. Perhaps none at all. I don't really know. I really don't think he would mind doing better by me, at least in theory. My worry is that the pandemic and working from home, etc. have somehow unleashed a demon of laziness in him and he's having a hard time getting rid of it. If it was just the body hair or the beard, I would feel more able to tackle this on my own by talking him out of it. But it's both. Also, I feel like the beard has become some, become part of his identity in some way that I don't fully understand. Like he wants to be this kind of lazy schlub who is a master in his castle in some sloppy way. I don't know how to explain it. He knows I don't like it, but so far he doesn't seem to get what a turnoff it is for me. Do I have the right to ask him to shave it? If I had to pick between losing either the beard or the body hair, I'm honestly not sure which I'd choose. Again, he does know my preference, but it seems like he's going through something, and I'm not sure how to inter... Also, I think about my own appearance, and if, say, I dyed my hair some unusual color and he didn't like it, I'm not sure I would want him to want to hear him ask me to change it back. But then, my hair color wouldn't really change the tactile feeling of kissing the way my husband's beard does, and smells too. Anyways, thanks for reading, and your thoughts on this situation would be appreciated. Okay, so the question is basically, how much power do I have here to get what I want? It was worded 
far nicer than that, but that's largely what it boils down to, which I think is probably the wrong way to go about it. Arguing about who has the power in the relationship never goes well. If you've gotten to that point, it's likely because you're failing at communicating already. Similarly, judging your spouse or anyone really on what you would do in their shoes is rarely productive without you being invited to do. If you start doing that, then you're failing at having a loving mindset. I think maybe there's a better approach here. I'd probably be direct because men often don't do subtle well and ask, not demand, for what you want. Say something like, honey, I miss seeing you without the beard. I miss kissing your face and not feeling scratches. I miss kissing other things and feeling them smooth too. Would you be willing to go back to that for me? And he's either going to say, sure, and go shave, or he's going to say, let me think about it, and then maybe you can have a discussion and figure out what he wants. And because maybe, like many men, he's struggling with the question of, am I a real man? And I don't mean that in the new woke transgender way, but in the classic, is this what I'm supposed to be doing in life sort of way. For some men, a beard helps them feel like a man. For others, it's simply efficient. I don't shave my beard because who has time for that? Now, it helps that my wife prefers me with a beard, so that's not a conflict in my marriage. But if he comes back with, I'd rather keep it, then ask him if he could trim it and wash it more often. If nothing changes, then you very delicately say something along the lines of, can we talk about your beard again? I'm struggling with being attracted to you and looking forward to sex with it in a, its current state. It seems important to you, so I'm not asking for you just to get rid of it, but I also want to be attracted to my husband. So I'm wondering how we can make this work if there's something that we could do so that it meets both of our needs. I'm having trouble coming up with ideas, and I was hoping you might have some. And then you have an adult discussion, like adults. You might even want to throw in the thing about, hey, if you dyed your hair color, you'd feel weird about your spouse asking you to change it back too if they didn't like it. I think that's good to be vulnerable and to admit that, hey, this doesn't seem fair what I'm doing to you. Because if it was done to me, then I would feel off as well. I think that's a good thing to share. I know some people would think of it like, oh, I'm giving him ammunition, but that's not the right way to go about this. That's if you have a battle mentality and you're not trying to approach this as a team, but rather approaching it like an enemy. I would say be open, share what it is you think. You say he knows your preferences, but a lot of times guys don't do subtle very well and women do subtle. So sometimes we don't know what you think we know. But I try that. All right. Question eight, is sildenafil, otherwise known as Viagra, effective for women? If so, what are the experiences? All right, there's a lot of conflicting data as well as opinions and anecdotal evidence on this. The short list from what I can decipher is, number one, if you're taking an SSRI, there's a higher chance it will help. Number two, if you have MS, it may help with lubrication. Number three is if you are postmenopausal, it will likely help more than if you're premenopausal. Number four, if you struggle to orgasm, it has a chance to help you orgasm. And that's the best I can do. Everything else is a mess, but those are the actual studies I can find on it. And there now, of course, you can be taking an SSRI while having MS, being postmenopausal and struggling to orgasm and it not help at all. Or you can be not on any meds, younger, healthy, multi-orgasmic, and it helps a lot. It's just that your chances of it helping are higher if you fit one or more of the above categories, according to the studies. Ultimately, you'd have to try it for yourself. 
we haven't tried it ourselves, so I can't give you any personal experiences. And it seems to be highly individualistic. So my experiences probably wouldn't help you. All right, question number nine. Jay, I really enjoy your podcast and I have listened to many of your episodes. I think I understand your stance on the husband being the head of the household and the possible complications when a wife is dominant in the bedroom and when it carries over to the rest of the marriage. My question is that I really enjoy being submissive in the bedroom. I enjoy it when my wife takes the lead and is in control. I've asked her what she prefers, and she says she liked it when I was dominated in the past. But now that she's seen how submissive I can be, it's hard for her to view me as convincingly dominant again. She says she views me as being naturally more submissive. Is this wrong, and how do I show her that I can be dominant again if that's what she prefers? This is the answer I get from a lot of women, that it changes how they look at their husbands. For many, both inside and outside of them, they struggle to see them as, frankly, competent adults. Of course, it's not all. Some can compartmentalize, but statistically, men are better at compartmentalizing than women, and women tend to have one global context in which everything affects everything. Um, And you can argue with that theory if you like, if that offends you, but I'm telling you what I hear from wives in practice in the real world. As for how to fix it, I suppose you would practice being more dominant again. And over time, her views would likely shift. Brains are plastic after all, and you can build new neural pathways. All right, question number 10. Hi, Jay. Firstly, thank you for all that you do. Presently, I am pregnant and there are some complications and risks with the pregnancy. So my husband and I have been told by my doctors that we cannot have sex. Specifically, I'm not allowed to have penetration, an orgasm, or any sexual stimulation. I also have to be careful with my movements and exercises. We know it's not forever, but it's been emotionally difficult the past couple of months. I feel closest to my husband through physical intercourse. Do you have any other suggestions for us to be intimate? Thanks. I don't know if you're still pregnant, so this may be for others who are in the same situation, but uh, we have a small version of that going on at our house. My wife sustained an injury a few weeks ago that left her in a lot of pain with an expected recovery time of about two to three months. So as it stands, it's been about a month since we've had sex, and well, it's not been a picnic. Really, both of us are managing and we're okay, but if something happens where there's a conflict, it's definitely harder for both of us to manage. In other words, it's more likely to escalate into someone saying something stupid or both of us saying stupid things. And yeah, it feels lonely, even though they're still there, but there isn't anything that you can do about it. It will pass eventually and life will continue. I think the biggest thing is to keep communicating about it. Share that it's frustrating and that you can't wait to get back to normal. When you can't be physically intimate, be emotionally intimate by sharing the burden. There are options, of course. For me, sex is more than just orgasms. If I was unable to have an orgasm for some medical reason for an extended period of time, I would still 100% be interested in helping my wife have orgasm. There's no question about it. However, with the situation reversed, my wife would really struggle to switch gears to do anything sexual, knowing that she can't fully participate. That would just be too tall a mountain to climb, especially if you're using a lot of energy to heal or grow a person in your case, and there's nothing you can do about that, really. So share what you can, even if all that is a shared frustration with the situation. And on to question 11. Hi, Jay. My wife has always struggled with her weight. For as long as I've known her, she has acknowledged that she uses food as a source of comfort. She has worked to lose weight, but seems to gain it all back, plus more, within a year. 
I have empathy for her. She's my best friend, and I see her attempt to lose weight, but I'm also frustrated that she lacks the self-discipline and dedication to embrace a healthy lifestyle in the long term with physical exercise, reduced portions, and a nutritious diet. No more binging on fast food for eight months and then trying to lose the weight with dieting. When she comes home from work and she says, I'm not hungry, I grow suspicious and assume that she went for a fast went to a fast food restaurant on her way home. I have food, found food receipts in her wallet from fast food restaurants for excessive amounts of unhealthy food. For example, today I found a receipt for three breakfast sandwiches all eaten at the same time, which totaled up to over 1,300 calories. These types of habits are what lead to weight gain. When we do eat out together, she will often eat just as much as I do, even though her caloric needs are well below mine. Full disclosure, I am 190 pounds, work hard to stay in good shape, not overweight, watch what I eat, and praise be to God, I don't have any known health problems. I'm no athlete, but I do exercise two to three times per week. I just want her to do the same, nothing more. Every time I've brought this up to her, she becomes very offended, i.e. hurt, and gets angry because I don't love her the way she is. To be honest, her weight gain has decreased my level of attraction to her and has negatively impacted our sex life. She has a very low libido, and the weight gain hurts her self-image as well. I love her, and I want her to be happy, healthy and happy, but I think some of her choices are hindering this. She is bordering on obese, and I don't see a loving and long-term solution to the problem. Also, I should note that she has never been pregnant, she doesn't have any thyroid problems, or any other health issue that would keep her from losing the weight. She just says she has a slow metabolism. What should I do? All right. Wow. So your wife honestly sounds a lot like me. Overweight? Check. Lost a bunch and put it back on? Check. Uses food as a source of comfort? I did as a teen. Now I think it's just a habit to eat when there's food. Lack of self-discipline? I think it probably looks like that from the outside. I've done a 16-day water fast before. I've taken up running in the past. Woke up early every morning to run. I know I have self-discipline. It's not quite that, but when it comes to my weight, I just don't pay enough attention to it. And when I don't, it gets out of control. I'm making stupid choices about food when I'm out. Yep. Especially when you have a habit. Uh, I had to stop walking on one side of the street at my job a few years back because I would pass a bulk food store and every time I would go in and buy a bag full of candy. It was such a habit and I usually didn't even realize I was doing it until I left the store and went, well, why did I do that? And he said she's bordering on obese. I've been quote unquote obese since high school, but then I'm a tall, broad shouldered person. The best I could hope for is overweight by the textbooks. Normal would probably look skeletal on me. As for the defensiveness, my guess is she feels defeated about it. I would also guess that she feels scared that you don't love her because of how she is, because she struggles to as well. That would explain why she gets defensive, because it's easier to get angry than be scared. What should you do? That's a really good question. I think the first thing is don't nag. All you're going to do is push more self-loathing, apathy, resignation about it. I think praising the small things that you do notice her doing is a good idea. You have to be careful here. Don't make it patronizing though. It has to be honest and genuine, but if you really love her, then it should be easy to be genuine about praising her for the things that uh, are in her best interest. Also, invite her to do things, but don't push. For example, my wife trained to be a group fitness instructor and was running boot camp style classes. I hate boot camps. I like martial arts. She tried inviting me to her boot camps a couple of times. I tried once and decided it wasn't for me. But if she if if she had kept inviting me, that probably would have annoyed me because I would have felt unheard. But I didn't mind the questions of, are you going to karate tonight? Because they were helpful and something that I like doing. But 
She would also invite me for walks, which I liked because it was a half an hour of just the two of us and no kids to talk and have fun. Lastly, I would say ask her how you can help her. Don't ask if she wants help because that's too easy to say no to out of embarrassment. She might still say, I don't need help, but I'd start there at least. If she wants help, then ask her how you can help, but don't push your ideas onto her unless she asks for it. Anyways, that's a start. Ultimately, she has to want to do it. So I would also say pray for God's help in nudging her in that direction, but she has to make up her own mind. All right, and question 12 is, I am 36, never married. I was molested as a child by an uncle and then by two different cousins. As a result, I began began masturbating at a very young age. I desire a relationship, but that's beside the point. How do I, as a single person, stop masturbating and reverse the damage that it's done to my ability to connect with people and build relationships? The how to stop is tricky because it's different for everyone. Some just stop cold turkey. Most have a lot of starts and stops. Some struggle for the rest of their lives while others manage to put it. Some join accountability groups, others get coaching or therapists. I've seen no consistent method that works for everyone, to be honest. You have to figure out your why and then figure out also what works. But if you want, Send me an email and I'll do my best to help you try to find resources that can help you. But this question is a bit too vague to try and give a solid answer. On top of that, I would just start forming platonic relationships. Volunteering at church is a pretty good way to come in contact with Christians who are more than just Christians in name. They're at least giving of their time. Don't go for romantic relationships right away. Just make friends and get used to connecting with people on a real level. And lastly, question 13. My wife and I love it when she pegs me and then puts her fist up my butt and has intercourse with me with her fist. It is very pleasurable and fun as since I turned 50 years old, I am now 70. I do not get hard enough for action. Is this a good Christian thing to do? If not, it sure feels good. I got a post on pegging you can go to. I'll link to it in the show notes and you're welcome to check it out. And other than that, I, I don't think I have any new information or opinions on that topic. And that's it for today. Don't forget to check out the Intimacy Advent Calendar and the Ask Me Anything event on the 22nd of November. You can check the links in the show notes for that. As well, thank you to all my supporters always who keep everything running and going. And we have some great discussions about all these questions when they come. If you're interested in being a supporter or you want to see the questions as they come in or ask your own questions in a group of Christians that are focused on improving their marriage, um, yeah, check out our supporters page and see if it's something for you. That's it for today. See ya.